Hello, beautiful people. I am Haley. I'm your guide to love. Welcome back. This channel is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Maisha here, and we actually met at a conference last year that was so fun. And so she is a sex magic worker that creates space for you to live orgasmically from your soul's desire. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And that introduction is powerful because I love what you're doing. So go into that. Thank you. Yep. So it is my goal. So I believe that better sex and healthier relationships make for happier lives. And I think I deemed myself this person who wanted to just heal the world one orgasm at a time. And not, not just your physical orgasm, but just living an orgasmic life. So much of our trauma as adults come from our relationships, which come from how we were raised. So it's a lot of just unpacking who we thought we were and living in the life that we were meant to live so that we can actually be orgasmic. Mm, I love that because that's why I think people only think, oh, orgasm just sexually, but no, it's your whole life. It is, it can be. And that, that climax can last a long time. The orgasmic pattern can last a long time. And who has time to be upset or pissed off or just angry about things when you're living in that constant state of bliss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then how do you do that, though? Do you think it's, be I mean, I don't even know where to begin on that because so many people are so disconnected from that. <laughs> they are, they are. And it's really, I, it's so in my, in my opinion, and I, and I do speak a lot about it on this on my little clips on Instagram, I, a lot of this is based in fear. People are, we're, we're tribal as human beings and still in our head is the idea that if I'm not part of my tribe, and for most of us now that, you know, that means our, our family if I'm rejected from my family, I will die. Now, yes, before you could physically die, but the idea of that is still in our minds that we have to play the role that we've been given in our families. We have to play the role we've been given in society. We don't want to be the outcast, right? I, I was a kid in the 80s and all the 80s movies were always about like the outcast kids, you know, dressed in all black or the nerd kids or the whatever. But when you think about it, those were actually the kids who kind of didn't care what other people thought or didn't know that they should and they didn't fit into the status quo and they got bullied. Mm -hmm. So nobody wants to be that person. So we all try to live our lives in this box but then that also plays out in the bedroom because it means we don't talk to our partners about our fantasies. We don't talk about our bodies. We don't get connected to who we are because if we do and discover we're not what everyone thought we were, we'll be one of the outcasts. Mm. And, but don't you think most people have similar sexual fantasies? I do. And when like, it's, <laughs> it's funny, right? When you get around people and you start talking in these small groups, Everyone starts to have these, you know, talk about the same fantasies. But then if you're like in regular world, it's like, no. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the threesome thing that most people, right. most guys fantasize about. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so do most women. Mm -hmm. They do. Most women fantasize about threesomes. They fantasize about threesomes with two men. Yes. And mm -hmm. women. Um, I think our fantasies are incredible as women personally, I think we have a fantastic imagination and I would love to see us talk more about our fantasies. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because do you think that people feel like, Oh, if I have this fantasy, that means that I'm like bad or something. Absolutely. There's a lot of shame and guilt around sex. I mean, we, we live in a largely Judeo Christian country. Mm -hmm. And so even if you don't 
go to church, those values are kind of all over the place. I mean, I didn't grow up in church, but my sister's babysitters did. And when I went to their house, I was six years old and they told me I was going to hell. Like they read me revelations in the Bible. And so I thought I was a bad person. And I, I carried that with me. I didn't realize that until I was an adult, that that's why I had in the back of my mind, I'm a bad person and deserve bad things. So this idea of shame and guilt around sex causes people to be afraid of their fantasies and think like this is a bad thing. And they also think that they're supposed to act them out and you don't have to act out your fantasies. They're just fun to talk about. Mm, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, because sometimes it's fun to just express it. Yeah, it just it makes for, it helps you to get to know your partner in a whole different way when you find out what their fantasies are. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, so what about, because I, I saw you talking about orgasmic revolution and you, yes. you were posting a lot about that. Go into that. Yes, it just came to me. I don't, <laughs> <not>, I, <laughs> I don't remember. I didn't even, it just, these things pop into my head and realizing how many women still do not experience vaginal orgasms. Mm-hmm. Part of this came from, so I, I got on TikTok because Gary V said so, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I, I posted about, I did a little short video about um, why women may not be having vaginal orgasms. And even on there, the number of women that were like, oh, I, like, I didn't know it took 20 to 45 minutes for the blood to just like come into, you know, the vaginal canal. It's not something that UGYN discusses with you, right? And the amount of men who had no idea Right. We just yeah. think, oh, foreplay. Yeah, we just do a little kissing, a little touching, you know, and then, you know, after five minutes, we just slide in. That's the reason for foreplay to help our bodies warm up. So I realized that a lot of women really don't have vaginal orgasms. And women are inboxing me, I don't think I've ever had a vaginal orgasm. How do I have one? And I'm like, oh, okay, we need an orgasmic revolution. And I think that's one of the reasons why women are so pent up and mm-hmm. closed off and, and, you know, there's all this massive talk, right? And too much into that. And we, we really need to just relax into our sex and relax into our orgasms. Mm, definitely. And I mean, think about it, you know, uh, the, so many women on antidepressants. Yes. And thyroid conditions and all kinds, like we have so many diseases and I'm a firm believer that um, you know, from a holistic point of view, right? That this, that disease is, is, is presenting an imbalance in the body. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it has gotten to the point where this is how it manifests itself. And in Chinese medicine, like, you know, the heart and the, and the, the lungs are related to grief. And there are so many women with breast cancer now, so many more than there were before. But I also think that there's so much grief that we're carrying that is now bubbling to the surface from our ancestors, regardless of race at this point, right? But from our ancestors and, and what women have gone through, that and it's coming up now as this, but that those of us who are aware can help to shift that and change that. Mm. Wow, that is so true though, because do you think that it's like now women have a voice it's just like, blah, like, we don't even know what to say. It's just too much. <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, I, I feel like it'll, the pendulum will swing. Like it, it had to come out this way. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, if you think of women as a collective and I try to think of people as a person, cause it makes it easier to see the behavior. So if you think of women as, as a person, 
you know, who has felt stifled for whatever reason, has felt stifled, has felt like they had no voice. And all of a sudden one thing happens one day and they're like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. They're throwing the dishes. They're like, I'm so pissed off. Like all of a sudden, all the rage and all the anger just, just pours out of them because that's the straw that broke the camel's back. I think as a collective, that's probably where we as women are and we need to express it. And it'll eventually come back and find its center. But now that we feel like we, like we have this freedom to do that, this is what, this is what had to come out. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. But it, because I feel like a lot of men now, and this is one thing that I've been noticing, they don't even know where they fit in now because they're like, women are empowered and they're stepping into their you know, sexuality and their careers. Well, do they need me? I'm like, yes, we still need you. <laughs> yeah, I know the poor things. I know. I, I feel really, I do. I feel really bad for men, but especially the men of now, because it's like they're getting backlash from women who are releasing generations of trauma, and 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 they they just, they don't they didn't know, right? They just they oh, didn't yeah. know, mm-hmm. and and so now there's a lot of confusion for them. And I think the best thing that that men can do, and this is going to force all of us to step out of our comfort zone, but that's. That's how we grow. We forget that we're like a whole like species of people. And in the sense of time in the universe, we're in our infancy. I mean, we, we, you know, like we haven't been around that long. And so this is just part of our whole entire growth as a species. And I think right now it's important for men to maybe be in the mode of asking lots of questions. It's going to force them to step outside their comfort zone of what they thought it meant to to be manly or to be a man. And it's going to force women to step outside their comfort zones and actually speak our mind because we have this habit of not saying anything and being Mm. passive aggressive and hoping that the man will somehow read our mind. But it's going to force both of us to be more authentic and honest, I think, as generations go on. Yes, I agree. And I think it's just going to be so much more healthier, too, in terms of sexually. Because, or at least for me, you know, I told you this when I met you, but I couldn't have an orgasm for years. And I literally resented the person that I was with at the time. And so now, instead of doing that, it's expressing, you know, and communicating and learning my body and that kind of thing. Yeah, I I wrote this thing, um, this little meme thing that said, women, men are not responsible for your orgasms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wrote it like two years ago and I posted it and it got traction, which is weird to me. And I posted it again, just to post it again and got more traction, which is weird to me. But it says something to me about how women feel about that on both sides. And I've seen posts and other people's, you know, other people have shared women who are, there's one woman in particular who was like, that's just juvenile. You know, of course, women aren't responsible for their whole orgasms. I was like, she's completely missing the point. So there are women out there who, who still believe that my partner is supposed to know what to do. And as though it's not their responsibility to inform them or to help them learn your body, every woman's body. We, we, we are quick to tell men, we're all not the same. That includes our bodies. Yeah, like that includes our vulva. That includes the shapes of our lips. That includes where our sensitivities are. And this poor guy is not going to know that you know Haley likes it one way and Maisha likes it another unless we actually say something. Mm-hmm. So it's up to us to really guide them. We have to stop this myth that men come into sex knowing what to do because because they 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 don't outside of what they see in porn, which is not good education. 
Yes, I agree. And I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I think that causes huge problems because then they do what's in that. <laughs> it's total opposite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. It's like stop, stop the porn stuff. They're, act, <laughs> yeah. they're acting. They're getting paid. Maybe that's how that person actually likes it. I don't know. But that's <laughs> not how we all like it. Stop the madness. Yes, definitely. Okay. So what would you say? Because while we're on the subject of men, what would, what would be your advice to men? I would say to men, ask, mm -hmm. really, you have to begin asking lots of questions. Um, men aren't always great talkers as, I mean, there are a few that are really spot on with it, but men aren't mm -hmm. often great talkers, but you've got to talk, you've got to ask a lot of questions. Um, my 16 year old son was asking me about sex one day and, you know, he was like, you know, basically asking about techniques and all this other kind of thing. And what I told him was, you want to ask before during and after you want to ask her before sex how she's feeling you want to make sure she's really still into this because women still have it in the back of their mind like no yeah I, i'll do this and they're uncertain no you don't want any of that you want her to want to want you mm -hmm. um and it takes away so many issues um so ask her beforehand how she's doing during sex ask questions especially if you're a new couple i mean after a while you don't have to do this but if you're a new couple during sex you want to ask is this good for you how does this feel do you need me to change anything people are so scared to do that and then after do a debrief you know how was that you know did you enjoy that what was your favorite thing um that i did is there anything that you'd like me to change or improve upon there's nothing wrong with, with doing this, especially in the beginning, as you're learning each other. Over time, you learn each other, you fall into a rhythm and a flow, you do it less. But definitely in the beginning, and for women too, but for men specifically, definitely ask lots of questions. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that though, because I think that there's also so many assumptions too, where if, if you don't do that, you're assuming. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this, this takes that away. And I know it's weird for a lot of people, to have conversations like this. But that also signifies that we've been taught we're not supposed to talk about sex, we're just supposed to do it, mm -hmm. right? It's this thing you do and it's supposed to feel good, but you don't really talk about it, which I find interesting. Someone said, uh, to, to that point, someone on TikTok said, this isn't the, the place for that because I, was, I mentioned something about um, women being able to have orgasms being their, um, their labia majora you know mm -hmm. because the clitoris goes through those those lips and i'm using proper terminology and everything and they're like you know kids are on here this is not the place for that and so i did a little video and i was like i know kids are on here that's why i use proper terminology and there's these same kids that are on here are listening to the baby and megan stallion talk about you know getting you know titties and all this other and pulling the hair and sticking so you know i'm and i'm seeing the kids dance to these songs mm -hmm. you know so at least let them learn a little bit of if they're if they even find my videos because my videos they, they haven't found which is fine um but if they do come across my video i want you to know what this stuff is instead of just what you learn in this rap song mm. <laughs> yes well think about it i mean most of the music in the rap and the hip-hop is just so degrading too it is it is that's a whole cultural piece <laughs> the whole the whole video in, in itself um it, it is and so it, it goes back to the, the fact that we aren't talking to our children about sex mm -hmm. i asked once how old do you think your child has to be to talk about sex and there are people who are like you know 12 13 and i'm thinking about that they, they already know what it is by then 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, all, it's already too late, especially if they go to school. Yeah. You know, they're literally, they have their phones in school. One of my sons has told me how one of his, in health class, one of his friends is watching porn in, in, in the class. It's, it, it's done. I don't think parents really understand. It's how old is the kid? Uh, th- this is, this is, uh, was it their juniors? Was this last year or this this year? My what? son's a junior. So yeah, but they've been, this has been, this has been <laughs> like by middle school, like before school, when the playground or after school, they're already showing each other things. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no more of that because they've got their devices with them. You just got to start talking to them from two, three, four. There's no reason not to talk to them about sex and make it as natural as possible. That way it's not a thing when you talk about it later. Mm. Okay, so what, um, what is the age? Like- early, early. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've known about sex since I was probably three. My mom was pregnant with my, well, two. My mom was pregnant with my sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, so I've never, I don't have any memory of never not knowing what sex was. Um, and my mother told me, she's like, well, I was pregnant. And so I told you, you know, uh, daddy's penis went into mommy's vagina and, you know, the seed went into the egg and your sister was made. She's like, mm-hmm. I, I explained to you what it was. And so I did that with my children too. When I, when my daughter was four, um, I was pregnant and she had a brother already and I was pregnant with, their, with my third child. And so I talked to him about sex. I talked to my kids about sex. They were in the room when my last child was born. So they, <laughs> you know. And and because of that, sex has never been a thing here. Mm, I love my, my that. kids have, they've always known about it. Um, they've they've been in no rush to do it. Not that it matters, but my sons have not had any sex and they're 14, 16, and 20. They haven't had they one of the 20-year-old had one experience, but not intercourse yet. But you know, um, but they haven't other than that, it's not like it's not a taboo subject. So it's not something they feel like they need to go rush do, you know, because to them, it's just, it's, it's this thing that they'll do when they get around to, to doing it. But they ask me lots of questions about it. Mm. And I think that if we talk early enough, that's how it can be. Yes. I love your environment. When I have kids, I definitely want it to be like that because yeah. I think, you know, I'm from my, we didn't talk about anything. Like, <laughs> like I think I asked about it because Austin Powers was on when I was like, <laughs> 11. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I remember being like, what is that? <laughs> but, Shagging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think it's, um, it was always like this mysterious thing. So I think it's so important, especially for women, because then you get pressured into doing something that maybe you're not ready to do. Yeah. Because you think, you know, you want to be liked and, you know, you get snippets and bits and pieces, but nothing from the perspective of the people who birthed you or raising you or taking care of you. You don't get, you don't get their really good input. And I mean, some parents, maybe it's not really good input. I mean, there's so many parents that are scared of sex still, you know, that are scared to talk to their kids about sex. Like there's, again, there's this fear that if I talk to them about it, they're going to want to do it. And my question to them is always, did anyone talk to you about sex? And it's like, no. Said, so did you go and do it? Well, yeah, I want to see what it was. Like, you get my point? Like, you know, do you think if someone had talked to you about what it was, you might have been like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. You know, I'll get there when I get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so what would you say for women? Like, what would your um, advice be for them? 
in terms of talking to their partners or kids? Partners or? and kids. Um, so in terms of talking to their partners, I think it's really important that we as women, that we as women begin to own our sexuality. And that's something that's still a struggle for a lot of us. The conditioning is so deep in terms of what it means to be a good girl or, or nice. Um, and I think we still struggle with owning the fact that we can be fully sexual beings. I think we still struggle with the idea of being slutty or are not respectable. Um, and so we still have to work through, through, those, through those pieces. Um, once we do that, or as we do that, then I think it will be easier for us to really talk to our partners about sex and um, explain to them what it is that we like and how we like it, because they really do want to know. As far as, you know, for the moms who are talking to their kids or who will talk to their kids about sex, I, again, I suggest doing it early. And it's a great way for that mom to really actually own her shame about sex and, and her uncomfortability in the conversation. And really just, and there are tons of books out there. So you don't even have to talk about it, right? You go to Amazon, mm -hmm. you can go to Amazon and just get yourself like books that, you know, you can read to your child that explain genitalia. But that's a great start is just talking about genitalia. You know, mm -hmm. do you see that in the water? That's your penis. You know, do you see that? You know, that's that's your vulva and these are your lips. Just like, the, and, and you can go, and this is your nose and this is your eyes. Like, you don't have to make it like a separate thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just, it's a part of your body. Um, and if you see your young toddler child touching themselves, don't make a big deal out of it. Like, doesn't mean they're going to grow up to be some sexual predator or, 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 you know, a pole dancer or something like that. It just means they're exploring their body the same way when they were infants, they used to bite their toes. It's really the same thing. It's nothing different. Mm, yes, I'm glad you said that, though, because, you know, I know so many parents that um, didn't even call it by the name. Oh, no, yeah, like not most in my house either. Nope, nope, as open as we were in my house. No, it was a tutu, which is very strange to me because I took ballet, and that's what ballerinas wore. So I, I, never, I never quite made the connection and I never called it that. Like my mother did. But when I was like 12 and 13, I wasn't like my two, two, two it just, it was weird. It was so weird to me. Um, but when I was little, you know, like she, she called it a vagina. But when I was little, that's the word that she used um, the most. Or I think wee wee for my brother. But I think I always knew it was his penis. So I didn't, under, like, I didn't understand why she was calling it that. And mm. I never, I never used those words with my, with my kids I, it was always I learned later that it wasn't vagina it was vulva so even I learned later you know that the vagina was the canal you know but when they were little it was the vagina and the penis yes you're right it's so funny too because everybody <laughs> switches those yeah, yeah yeah I didn't yeah I learned that like at a, somewhere in my adulthood I was like oh like it's the, the whole thing is the vulva ah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely Okay, so what would you want everyone to take away from this juicy conversation? Orgasms are wonderful and they're necessary and they're not just about the climax. And you can take that feeling with you throughout your whole entire life. Communication, you cannot have enough of it with your partners, with your children. It's time for us to normalize sex and normalize talking about sex because whether we realize it or not, how we are with our sex life plays out in all the other areas 
of our lives. So the more authentic we can be there, the more relaxed we'll be in other areas of our lives. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Well, yeah, I mean, the quote, who you are in bed is who you are in life. Oh, like that. I never heard that. Who said that? Yes. I, me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. No, I don't know. I heard it somewhere, but I started coining it. But basically it is true though, because like for me, I used to sit there and be like, but, but that was me being a bystander and just like a me in my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Cool. Okay. But so yeah. where can everybody find you? You can find me all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sensual Energy Alchemy and on my website, sensualenergyalchemy.com. Cool. Okay. I'll put your information below. Thank you so much for joining me. This was such a fun conversation. It was definitely have to do it again. It's always fun when we get together. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Yes. And then everybody be sure to comment below. Let me know your thoughts and be sure to subscribe and share my channel. All right. Bye y'all.